This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Good morning, everybody. Joining us on the live feed of BXB along with Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy. There is a game today. There's only one game today, Keith. It's the only show in town around Major League Baseball. The Yankees and Guardians have a game five tonight. It took us a weird way to get there, but we're there. It's going to be a big night in the Bronx. Let's go. Let's go. I woke up (laughs) pumped up, man. We're here. We're still alive. Game five might as well be game seven. Do or die, but they forced the game five, right? They stood up last night behind Garrett Cole's performance. Harrison Bader still going absolutely insane. Legend already in his Yankee road grays and pinstripes. It all comes down to tonight. And uh, we'll talk about these last couple games, this series, all the storylines. And uh, hopefully by the end of this podcast, get you fired up and get you ready. Maybe you're going to the stadium. Maybe you're watching with friends, family. But it's Monday night. We've gotten back to the Bronx. We get another night game in the Bronx. And the Yankees know that they can win it and celebrate at home in front of their fans. Well, let's let's start with game four that got us here. Um, you know, Garrett Cole, we've talked about a lot. We You get calls a lot about him. We get tweets a lot about him. Um, and for a couple of years now, it's been, you know, the guy throws up, gives up a few home runs in a game in June. It's like he's not an ace. He's not an ace. He's not an ace. These are the types of games you wait for. Right. And his regular season career really hasn't been that bad, Keith. It's been actually on the balance very good. Um, and now he's in a position where he can make a difference. And it's not, it can't just be him, but he's given you two really good performances and you needed the best one last night. I'm one of the main people that said he's not an ace. He's not an ace. He's not an ace because of the amount of home runs he gave up, because of the amount of big spots he was in during the regular season, where it's like, okay. Garrett Cole, we need you to be the stopper. Okay, here comes the rubber match. We need to take this game. Okay, we need to sweep this team. Ball falls in his hands, and he didn't get it done. He gave up homers. Uh, There were plenty of games where he gave it up, and the Yankees actually overcame it and fought back for him. But erase all that, right? These are the games that matter, Keith. Exactly. Erase all of that from your mind. They literally don't matter. You pay a guy for his performance in October. These are the New York Yankees, the 27-time world champion New York Yankees. They don't really care about the regular season either. You can tell by a lot of the things they do throughout the regular season. Garrett Cole is an ace, especially in New York City. When you're looking at the other aces in New York City, this guy came out there, and the only two wins that the Yankees have are behind him. That was a gutsy performance last night. I loved it. Forget about just New York. Listen, the playoffs show you how hard this is. And when you're trying to measure Garrett Cole against every single star, it has to be perfect. Look at what the other playoff series have done and where the other pitchers have gone. Okay, yeah, you can talk about DeGrom and Scherzer, but also look at the Braves guys. Look at the Dodgers guys. You know, look at what – and I'll tell you this. Luis Castillo was the pitcher that everybody wanted here, right? And I agree that he's been fantastic. But guess what? He gave up a two-run homer and lost the game to the Astros. You wanted to the, the team that you wanted to beat, right? Even he wasn't good enough for that. You know, it's just hard sometimes, even when you think you've got the right guy. They're not there yet, but Garrett Cole has given you two phenomenal starts right when you needed them. This is what you get paid for. You're not going to win every start in the regular season, and maybe you're going to throw it in a few clunkers. He's given you two very good postseason starts, and you needed both of them. Yeah. So all of that questioning around Garrett Cole, all of that, oh, we don't know about 
how he's going to be mentally. You know, that was the thing for me. It's like, okay, if he struggles a little bit, is he going to go in the tank? Is he going to self-destruct? Is he going to collapse? In this series, right? Completely different guy. I don't know if they had the sports psychiatrist talk to him. I don't know if he did some meditating before the game or what it is. <laughs> he battles. Uh, he he gave up home runs in both of his starts. Different guy. Didn't go in the tank. He fought, and you could tell that these guys rally around him. You could tell it means something to him. Last night, he didn't want to go too deep into it, but he talked about how he's a Yankee fan, and this is a dream to get the lead the New York Yankees, be the ace of the staff, and get two wins in this series behind Garrett Cole, Jamison Tyone tonight, and whoever else coming out of the pen, they got to get it done. You know what's making a big difference here is that he's the only guy that's really been able to get strikeouts in big spots in two games because this is a hard team to strike out. We know that, right? They strike out uh, less than anybody else in big league baseball. Uh, put the ball in play, that kind of thing. They've challenged him by fouling the ball off a lot, which is probably the reason he couldn't go eight and nine uh, in a couple of these, you know, grow the pitch count up a little bit. But he put guys away in game one with guys on base, the team that you know dings you with runners in scoring position all the time. Well, he struck him out with runners in scoring position. He limited damage last night, too. He's handled this team. This this didn't appear to be a great matchup, but he's overpowered them. It's a better matchup because they don't hit a lot of home runs. He's only given up the couple of solos, but they, um, you know, they need they need strikeouts. Right. And it's clearly evident based on the way they lost game three the other night. They need somebody to get swings and misses. Garrett Cole's been getting them, and it's a big reason. You know, these that that's a as big a reason as any that he's been able to win these two games for them. Censor <laughs> uh, two twenty six said Cole rocked the baby. Yeah, that's another thing, right? I loved how he didn't even acknowledge that, which yeah. is the most obnoxious celebration I think we've ever seen. Right, a solo shot to bring you within one, and you go around the yeah, entire yeah, base paths rocking the baby, and then the national audience can read your lips. And you guys heard what he said, bro. That was like, I'm all for celebrating, back flipping, pimping. You know, we watch enough Josh Donaldson pimp jobs. That was just disrespect. And it was what did Josh Naylor win exactly? Nothing. He won, he won Bozo of the Night because they lost that game and he went viral rocking the baby, talking about Garrett Cole is his son. No, you're Garrett Cole's son. Your team got shut down again by this same guy. And you know, for Garrett Cole to come up big in that big spot, it changes his Yankees legacy. All of the questions about spider tack, it erases that uh, wild card, um, that wild card game in Fenway for me, because this was an elimination elimination game last night. He stood up in an elimination game last year, coming off COVID and hamstring stuff, whatever. Yeah. Garrett Cole showed he's a postseason pitcher. He's an October guy. He's a big game guy. And that makes you feel good about this team winning tonight and advancing to to play potentially. Well, not potentially. It's them now. But they Mm -hmm. have to handle business tonight to face his former team, the Houston Astros, a mound he's been on. Like the the whole narrative around the Yankees was, oh, they go as Garrett Cole goes. And Garrett Cole is going pretty good. So um, I'm not too worried about Josh Naylor. He will be trolled after the Yankees win tonight. Uh, but I love Garrett Cole's response. He was like, whatever, it was cute. But like yeah, he yeah. said, he said it, I didn't, I didn't notice it during the time, right? But like it was just brought to my attention now. It wouldn't have bothered me in the time. Whatever. Like they just took the L. Hold this L, Josh Naylor. You you got that off, but it was like so misplaced. You were down and uh it was a yeah. solo shot. And that might be all she wrote for you and your team. We'll see what happens tonight. Cleveland has actually been fairly outplayed this entire series. If you think about I did the math this morning. Uh, four innings is really all they've led this entire, you know, you had the 10th inning in game two and the walk-off in game three. Otherwise, the Yankees, and only two other innings, the Yankees have been in control for a lot of this. Now, the uh, you want to get into the game three stuff right now? You want to get into the bullpen stuff now? And we'll come back to getting out ready for we game ten. Yeah, I was, but uh, to to your point, I was talking to Ryan. I was like, listen, dude, I'm like, I'm like, these guys stole game two in the ninth, or in the in the tenth, or game two in the ninth, and then um, game, game three in the in the tenth. Yes, mm-hmm. they wait around. They steal games against your bullpen. Terry Francona, after they won that tight game in the wild card round, was quoted saying, 
All we do is play tight games. That's the type of game they like to play because they hit, they get guys on base, they pitch well, whatever. They're not the juggernauts. This is supposed to be David versus Goliath. Well, David got a couple punches in, but ultimately Goliath is supposed to go out there and dominate. So I think if the Yankees go out tonight and take the lead, it is over. I don't think these young guys, these guys that don't hit home runs, um, I don't think that they're they're equipped to to come back being down. Even last night, it was nice to go up 3-0, but I'm like, this is not enough. They, they could still, you know, creep back. The Yankees have it all right in front of them. And uh, I, I feel like, you know, those guys didn't want to get back on the plane and come to New York after having to spend Monday through Friday here last week. They got to handle business tonight. Let's uh, move on to the bullpen stuff. I know. Yeah, I, uh, I get to say, I know it's 2-2. So, I mean, none of the numbers really matter. It's even, but... You know, going back to, you know, Cleveland has gotten strikeouts from their bullpen. That's what's held the Yankees down late. They keep them from tacking on runs. They keep them from, you know, getting the runs late in the game that are going to win, uh, that are going to lead to the wins. 23 strikeouts from Cleveland relievers, 13 strikeouts from Yankees relievers. Cleveland's put the ball in play, but it's it's a little of both. It's not just them. It's that the Yankees have been missing. Keith, we've talked about this for a month. They've been missing swing and miss relievers in their bullpen. They don't have them. It's right. hard to win games late if you're letting guys put the ball in play. Now, it's been harder for Cleveland to score runs. Um, you know, they've gotten a bunch of, you know, the other night they got uh, the game where they, where they won in game three. They got nine hits with runners in scoring position. They only scored six runs. Like those runs don't, those hits don't all equal runs, right? They would move a guy from second to third. They've gotten 36 hits in this series. They've only gotten scored 13 runs. The Yankees have 22 hits in the series and have scored 15 runs. Now, like this is all the nerdy math. I get it. And people hate that, but this is how much the Yankees have, have, have played their game. And I think they've outplayed Cleveland. They've just gotten beaten on a couple of, you know, the, the late inning thing. So that's how that's, you know, that's, that's, that's baseball, baseball Susan. <laughs> that's baseball Susan. This series has been, that's baseball Susan. Right. And uh, it also will be ball. will find you, you know, that was a theme. Yeah. yeah Left yeah. field shortstop. It's like, come on. And, and you, you knew, right. Uh, something I put out there before the series started, we did a space on Twitter, a Twitter spaces the, the night before the series started. I was like, IKF is going to misplay some balls. Just get ready for it. Right. Just, just know that it's going to happen and they have to overcome it. I'm like, we have a rookie out there in left field, a kid that has played all over, but you know he does not have that much experience in left field. Ball will find you. The ball dropped over there twice and then again on Hicks. And no one get me started on that last night. So there's yeah. been some bad breaks. And going into the series, I'm like, you know, the Yankees shouldn't have to have everything go their way to win. But uh, it seemed like they needed that at times. And here we are now in this game five where you know you don't know how it's going to go, but you're going to have to be able to overcome it. They have to play tight defense and they have to make the most of their opportunities at the plate. And I think they can. They're going to they're play Cabrera at shortstop again. And I don't know how you can go back to Connor Falefa when you've benched him now in the two biggest games of the year. Yeah. And this is this is, you know, listen, they were saying that that. um that Oswald Peraza wasn't ready in July or August when it was, you know, you were kind of breathing heavy with, with Connor Falefa and wondering if this was going to work. They kept telling us they were convinced that Connor Falefa was fine. Peraza was right. Okay. That's fine. If that's your answer. Fine. But you, you know, now you're in a position where you're going to, you're going to throw Oswald, Oswaldo Cabrera there, a less experienced shortstop. Um, Peraza can't be your answer now because if you said he wasn't ready in August, September, how in the world can he be ready in October? Um, and Connor Falefa, you've, you've kind of put in the corner now and it's hard to take him out of that. Uh, one other thing about that though, Keith, everybody's, when the ball falls in front of Cabrera and left, everyone's like, why isn't Hicks in there for defense? You guys didn't want to see Hicks play for six months. <laughs> no, you didn't want to see him play one single inning or at bat. And now all of a sudden you're telling – and Cabrera's the golden <laughs> boy, right? Oswaldo Cabrera's the golden boy, can do no wrong. And now you're saying, why is he in there? Come on. Sometimes things happen. The other team is good. Sometimes things happen. Give me uh, Oswaldo Cabrera over Hicks 10 times out of 10. You didn't hear me say that. You heard me say they're going to try and force Hicks onto this playoff roster. And if he's on the roster, he's going to enter the postseason, right? We thought there'd be no postseason at-bats for Aaron Hicks. 
They go and get Benintendi. We find out Oswaldo can play left. Bader is in center. There's he no wouldn't. more. Benintendi was healthy. He wouldn't be playing. You're that's right. the problem. But if, 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 and if, that's baseball, Susan. And I look at it like this. I don't care what they say. I care what they do, right? Because Aaron Boone's going to say whatever he has to say in that post game. But the next day, come out and do something different, right? So, we, you know, the, the outside noise was loud about Judge leading off. And I had said, I don't think, even on WFA, I'm like, I don't think they're going to change the lineup. I don't think they're going to give in now. Should. I don't think they should. Do you see what Glaber Torres did? On the, in the, he swung at the first pitch and grounded out. How he's, is that changing yeah, anything? He's not a leadoff hitter either. It's hilarious that the New York Yankees in the actual postseason are changing course now, like, like figuring it out as they go now. Like, okay, we hear you. It's too late for that. But baseball gods be with us. They did it twice. They did it twice. They changed the lineup and moved Judge, and he hit a home run. And then they yeah, but that's the thing. They said he finally came up with a runner on base in front of him. It was the nine hitter. It wasn't the leadoff. (laughs) Ninth hitter got a hit in front of him. The first hitter made an out, and then Judge hit a home run. Come on. However they can, however they can uh, play it. It didn't matter. However they can frame it, Sweeney. It's all about how they frame it for the national audience. We were just talking about that too. But I just think it's it's nuts for the Yankees to be the big bad Yankees. This. 27-time champion, this upper echelon juggernaut, blah, 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 best brand in baseball. And here we are in the postseason, and they're changing course. Judge had let off, I don't know how many games this year, a ton. We've and seen it was Judge. Fine. It was, seen it was him, perfectly fine. We've seen him lead off games hitting home runs. We've seen him walk off games in the leadoff spot hitting home runs, whatever. They changed it. It worked. The next day, they have to bench IKF. Because it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. He's had too many of these in one series, but he he had too many of these through the course of the year. It's it's not a surprise to anyone that watched. They weren't as costly then because they're a regular season. But you I'm, can play the long game in the regular season, right? I'm looking at this condensed <laughs> tournament as like, yo, mistakes are magnified. You can't have it. And so they change it again. And then, of course, Cabrera comes in and Hicks has to come in and people are going nuts over that. But I'm like, they should be able to overcome Hicks, not sprinting to the ball. But what do you expect? This guy's been sitting on the bench. He probably didn't think he was getting in, especially after the whole Castro thing. It was also a, it, it was not a it was not a it was a weirdly hit ball. Right. Donaldson sprinting out there. So you, it's almost like he's got it. It was a flare off the end of the bat. Don't I'm even start on Donaldson. He's jogging. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you that this is it, it. It wasn't it wasn't a typical you know that game that Friday night against Tampa Bay when he got pulled. This was not the same thing. It was a it was a different ball. No, those I mean that ball hit his glove, and the ball was fair because it hit his glove, and he gave up on it. Yeah, that was different. This is what I'll say, like for Aaron Boone and the New York Yankees to be kind of freestyling here. It's scary. It adds to the spookiness of October and your season being on the line. But that's what you want, but that's what you want them to but do. You want them to react to what they're seeing. In my tell it's, me something cool is I've been saying, hey, your back is against the wall. Do what you got to do yes. to survive. It's game yes. four. I'm not going to question it at this point. Do what you yes. got to do to survive. And I feel like it does give the team a little bit of a spark too. Maybe it, it just ups the urgency on the team too. Like, hey, man, like we really got to figure it out. So – yeah, going to figure it out with who they have. And I'll say this because I, I already mentioned Donaldson. Like, I wish DJ was on this on this roster. I wish Peraza was on this roster. But uh, here we are with he, Donaldson. He's not and, healthy enough to do it. Peraza, they just didn't play enough to, you know, to make him. Maybe I they were another option. I want to believe yeah, that DJ is This question about, like, why didn't he play in September? If you're if he he should have played in September if he thought he was good enough to play in October. Uh, let's uh, let's remind people that you can get BXB Bronx Baseball with Keith McPherson, Sweeney Murdy at Odyssey. Anywhere you get your podcasts, make sure you subscribe, rate, review. It's all free. You can get it free on the app. You can get it free wherever you get your podcasts, and, uh, and make sure you give us a good review. Five stars is it five stars the highest or is it four? Whatever it is, give us the highest. And, five uh, might we, be too much to ask these days. Give us you know. six. Just give us six and leave, <laughs> and leave us a couple of nice comments and uh, keep coming back because we're here throughout this Yankees uh, playoff run, off season, whatever else follows. Uh, at Twitter, he is at Keith underscore McPherson, and I am at Yankees WFAN. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keith, bullpen management is going to be a very big issue in Game 5, depending on how far you can stretch Jamison Tayo and what kind of a lead you have, things like that. The Game 3 situation with Clay Holmes and then going to Clark Schmidt, uh, beyond Wandy Peralta, that kind of came to a head with the way Cleveland came back and won. Um, I I know people aren't buying all the explanations, but I've got a few thoughts on that. But tell me what you think about how that went and then leading into game four. Uh, I mean, this goes back to I don't care what they say. I care what they do. With, with Clay Holmes, especially when you hear him say that he was ready and even Severino say he's our closer. And um, when I look at this bullpen and I look at what they say versus what they do, I go back to thinking about Boone saying, you know, it's closer by committee, right? We're going to figure this out like anyone. So when you say that, when you put that out there, that doesn't give Clay the job back. Right. But it like who, like, I don't know <laughs> who's better to go to at that time. Clay, after he threw 15, 16 pitches or Clark Schmidt entering with like really no, like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it rubbed me the wrong way, but they were this close. They were one strike away. And then, of course, right, like Boone has to say his thinking, and, and none of us really line up with that thinking. I, I I was able to move on from it because Clay pitched last night, and they won last night. But uh, the decision to go to Clark Schmidt, we knew. I saw Brian Hoke tweet out, this is this is uh, Clark Schmidt's game, and I'm just sitting there on my couch like, yo, give me another shot. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> Listen, the thing about not using Holmes, and he did a probably because of the emotion of losing a game and having to talk about it five minutes later, Boone did a very poor job of explaining it after game three. And he if you understand how managers use pitchers and what they mean when the guy is they're not using him, um, he did a much better job of explaining it the next day, but it it really didn't matter. But here's the thing: I think too many people believe that when you say you're not using somebody because of overuse they think he's tired this isn't like keith you and i are tired and need a nap there's a difference in what managers and pitching coaches and people think about pitchers relief pitchers when they use them and say he can't use them today because of how they used him two things the health of the pitcher and the effectiveness of the pitcher clay holmes coming off of injuries pretty much this whole second half um, and how effective that he is going to be even with that. That's what they're looking at because what they believe is that, you know, using a pitcher too much leads to fatigue that leads to an injury. Not that, oh, he's tired, he needs a nap, okay? That's yeah. not it. And the other part is if he is pitching because he's tired, he's less effective. Pitches are not as sharp. Maybe you try to push it too much, things like that. These are the things that you have to weigh and say, okay, am I better off using somebody who is rested and has better equipment to try to get guys out at this stage than the guy who has worked, is coming off an injury, and we're not ready to use him back-to-back unless we really have to, which tonight is really have to because it's game five. Right, and that's the other thing. 
it was supposed to be a case of emergency. Well, what do you consider an emergency? And, and he didn't explain that well enough. Emergency was going to be, we used everybody else and we're in the 13th inning. That's what it was going right. to be. I mean, that too. Like, stop playing ahead. Stop playing for tomorrow. Stop playing for extra innings. They had um, a two-run lead in the ninth inning, Keith, and they've never blown a two-run lead in the ninth inning of any playoff. I know, 167 and one. No matter who's pitching, they have never blown it, okay? A hundred years of playoff baseball, oh, postseason baseball. They've never blown it. Okay, this isn't about decisions. They lost the game because just because they lost the game, you know? Clark Schmidt, Clark Schmidt threw 11 breaking balls in a row. 11. Yeah. Yeah. 11. Plus, they, I, I'll tell you another thing. They should have lost the pitch before. Gonzalez fouled off a breaking ball that was right in the middle of the plate that he should have hit for a grand slam. They got lucky he didn't do that, and he hit a better pitch for a single right after that. I, if It felt like we played right into their hands. Like I said, Terry Francona and those guys like to play those tight games. And I knew, I'm like, oh, we're in Ohio. Like, I'm like this is not great. They're going to walk us off, and this is going to be brutal. But, I mean, we survived it. The, the series mm-hmm. is, is even. Uh, Clay Holmes was sore. But, you know, even early in this, after the game Friday, I was like, why is it? Why does it get through 15 pitches? Wandy threw 15 pitches. Clay, I think, might have thrown 15 or 16. Yeah. I'm like, all is them, that? All of them threw under 18 pitches, yeah. Is, but is that, I'm like, is that a pitch count limit? Is, that, is it, Like, there's no reason for that. Why not let these guys go and compete? It's, it's, about, it's about what they deem effective. And you're already and short on the bullpen and you're short on options. Yeah. Go with the options that you're most confident so in. He knows the guy that they cut too short. He only threw seven pitches in that game. That's the guy they should have let go. I understand they needed a left-hander for Naylor, okay? And mm-hmm. Licky's not the left-hander for Naylor. It kind of has to be Peralta. So you lot you boxed yourself in right there by going to by having to go to Peralta in the seventh, and now you have to stretch him out as far as you can. He gave up the two hits in the ninth. You know, if they had, been, I would have left Lewise again to face Naylor. I understand yeah. why they wanted the lefty. I understand, but I would have left Trevino and Lewise again longer, and. I, I would have saved Peralta for later if that's your guy. Or or you bring in, let Trevino and Naylor, uh, let Trevino and Peralta go through that part and save Loisega to close. You could have done that I, too. I never know Boone's plan. I never know him, Matt Blake, and the organization's plan. I think I know. I'm looking to see who's up in the pen. And then I feel like Boone is just like ready to go to the next guy, whatever. Uh, all is can well I, that I, ends well. Ray, Ray, uh, uh, is it Ray Fia too? 253 isn't load management used so it's all hands on deck during the playoffs yes but Holmes is in a different situation because he was injured leading up to the playoffs and they don't feel he's as effective uh at this point by going back to back or they're risking hurting him they, how they've already sent a dozen relievers to the injured uh, yeah. list you'll met yeah. if you use Clay Holmes too much now you lose him again and if you advance now who's closing you know I you I know you have to win today's game Keith but you still have to think about what's going to happen tomorrow when you win today and clearly they are and uh, I can't as I said I can't question it too much we're here it's game five Wandy Peralta is the man I mean he was hurt too. He was on the IL. He comes from the yeah. IL straight into the ALDS. And I love his demeanor. I love that he's unfazed. I love how he attacked them last night. And uh, people were worried about that. Oh, no, here we go. Use Wandy again. I'm like, well, Wandy is a slow heartbeat. Yeah. Wandy yeah. is unfazed. Yes. Use him against this part of the order where you're going to face Naylor. You're going to face Gonzalez. You're going to face like, I don't know. It. It is fine. They are smarter than I am. They know more than me. I'm just sitting strapped into the roller coaster, uh, hoping that we land safely. <laughs> you know, it's not even that whether you're smarter or no more. You also have to remember that, like, they have to work off the decisions that they make, regardless of whether the outcome is good or bad, right? We get to say, here's what we would have done, and we just believe it's going to work, right? Right. Whatever they do that doesn't work, they then have to react to that. They just can't say, "Oh, see, should have done that." Like they're 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 moving in real time here, and and that's something you know. Like, listen, that's just being a sports fan. We can we have the luxury of doing that, and they don't. They kind of have to maneuver through that. They didn't want to bring Clark Schmidt in, but when Peralta ends up throwing too many pitches to get through that, now you're like, okay, now what do I do? 
Um, so, like, we don't know that what we just said would work. I say, leave LeWise again to pitch to Naylor. Naylor, it's a two-run homer. Then, like, okay. And I say, oh, oh well, you know, sorry, uh, didn't work. It doesn't work that way. They've got to react to it in real time. So I kind of get that. Um, you know, but now you got Tyone. There's a different set of worries here because I'm not concerned necessarily about game two. Okay, that was a weird situation for him, but he's never started a playoff game, Keith. Never started a playoff game before. Uh, he's a veteran guy. He's an older guy. But all those years in Pittsburgh, all those injuries, and now here he is making his first postseason start in game five. I feel like he's earned the nod, and I feel like he probably wants to get out there and redeem himself, even though I, he didn't blow it in uh, in game two. It just the where the ball, a couple bloops, where the ball landed and how our defense played it. But I have faith in him. He had some good outings to end the year. And uh, he is a veteran. He's a guy that I think this team will rally around. Uh, Yankee Stadium. We've seen him in Yankee Stadium almost no hit the Angels. Like I'm, right. I'm with it for JMO. And and another guy I want to mention is Domingo Herman. We haven't seen him. We've seen him get up. We've seen five five start warming up, but yep. not going to the game. There, I think there was twice that I thought they were going to go to Domingo in this series, and they ended up not doing that. So, in my opinion, he's got to be ready to go today. Nestor Cortez is also ready yeah. to go today you have you have starters ready to come out of the bullpen you've got everybody you know Cole has done enough (laughs) can you get can you it's probably not I like I I don't think you want to use Nestor today but if you had like can you get seven innings out of Tyone Nestor and Herman can you do that you should be able to get seven innings out of JMO and and Herman yeah I was talking to someone I'm like you should you should if JMO struggles in the third or fourth yeah. first guy up's got to be Domingo yeah. and if Domingo yeah. can give you three or four innings you feel good about that these are two mm-hmm. starters these are guys that haven't thrown that much they should be ready to go uh I don't know I, I kind of like the situation we're in here I feel like JMO deserves it he's earned it there was a time where people were saying he wouldn't get a postseason start Frankie Montas comes in um, we haven't obviously seen him uh, perform well down the stretch, and he's not available. So it's on JMO. And uh, like I said, I think he's he's looking to redeem himself from being the last guy uh, to give it up when we were in the Bronx. Now we're back in New York. He's on the mound, and uh, I think he'll give us a good start. I don't know how long he's going to be able to go, but I feel confident that Domingo piggybacking off of him uh, will have us in good shape as far as going against their bullpen, which is rested, and our bullpen, which we we still have some question marks on on usage and who they're going to go to and how they're going to use them. Wandy said he's ready to go. He kept his pitch count low last night. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's a do or die game. Your season's on the line. You're going to go to your best guy. So, all in, ready to go for it. Here's my here's my spot for Nestor. You ready? And a lot of it depends on how Cleveland shapes their lineup. If they're going to go Ramirez and Naylor back to back again. Uh, it makes it easier for the Yankees in this spot. I wonder if they maybe flip Gonzalez and Naylor and split them up because I, I think at, at Yankee Stadium especially, if you can avoid having Jose Ramirez bat left-handed, you'd like to do that, right? Yeah. So if you can bring in Cortez in a spot where you're going to face Ramirez and Naylor, um, I think that is the spot. Let's say fifth inning, fourth inning even. That might be your spot for Nestor where maybe you don't overextend him but you give him that little alley for Ramirez and Naylor in a big spot. Turn Jose Ramirez around. I know Yankee Stadium plays however it plays, but I'd rather not let him swing for 314 if I can help it. Yeah, Nestor bringing the lefty, the crafty lefty out of the pen. Obviously, he's got experience coming out of the bullpen. He said his favorite place to pitch is Yankee Stadium. He'll be ready when called upon, but man, I I would love for this to just be a smooth night. You know, take the lead early. J-Mo's cruising. When when you feel like he's getting tired, go to Domingo to, to finish the job. Uh, keep it under one or two runs. Like And the Yankees just go out and score and uh, hit Savale. That's another thing. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Go get him. Scored six runs off of him in three innings in April. He is their fifth starter. Um, he's he's the guy that you need to go out and beat. That's like that's another thing. Like it's lined up for like go out and rock this guy. Put this game away early so we can party and celebrate. Like please come on. You're listening to BXB with Keith McPherson and Sweeney Murdy. It's available from Odyssey wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, review. It's all free. Follow. 
and uh, make sure you tell your friends that uh, that you're listening to us. And uh, we're going to have a deep run here as the Yankees continue on because I think we we kind of leaning towards this that we think the Yankees can win Game Five and move on to an ALCS. Boy, that'll be a whole other big thing happening, and we'll get into that. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, Keith, Jordan Montgomery is watching the playoffs right now. And Harrison Bader, and listen, and I, and I don't mean that as a shot at Montgomery. I know. I we, just, all, we all we all love Monty or, or have respect for Monty, and none of this is negative against Monty, but it's facts and it's truth, and it's a big talking point. This trade, I mean, we got asked about it. And, and every time I said, I said, listen, and I don't know what he was going to be, but I said the Yankees have known since last offseason they needed a center fielder. And through all the different things that happened, they just never got that one. And that, and when Hicks started playing miserably early in the year, especially defensively, they had to make the move with Judge. It wasn't a permanent. It wasn't supposed to be a permanent solution. He played adequately in center field, but you always wanted to move him back. They had to get a center fielder. The one that was available to them happened to be in a walking boot, and the cost to get him was a starting pitcher. Okay, you had some depth to play with. So they got one. He, he made some really nice plays and some nice contributions in September. But, Keith, this is off the charts, what he's doing right now. <laughs> Harrison Bader is quickly becoming a fan favorite. And uh, a lot of fans that he's becoming their favorite said that this was the worst trade of the year. This was the worst trade in a long time. You don't get rid of starting pitching. You don't get rid of left-handed starting pitching. Monty is a guy that the Yankees drafted. Oh, did this ruin the team? Monty has friends yeah, on the team. That? People were upset in the clubhouse. They traded Montgomery. Really? That's why they were losing games in August? Come on. <laughs> now looking back on it, how funny is it now? Because it's like, hey, it's a trade. You have to give to get. And like you said, and like I've been saying for months on WFAN and maybe a couple times on here, I vividly remember Cashman saying he was going to upgrade this defense up the middle. You get a trade in spring training for Jose Trevino uh, at catcher. IKF, that trade came in the offseason right before spring training. Center field, the upgrade some people thought was moving judge over. No, that was a band-aid. Judge is a right fielder and long-term you need to keep him there. So as Cashman looked at the two times to uh, improve the defense and fulfill what he said, it didn't happen in the off season. It happened at the deadline and at the deadline, when the trade first happened and all the frenzy and the clock running down, I'm like, Oh cool. Harrison Bader. I'm thinking he's out for the year because I had last heard that he was in a boot. I'm like, Oh, well, I guess this is a good move for the future. And then as soon as I found out, no, they're expecting him to be ready uh, in September. I'm like, no, this is a move for October. This is a move to shore up that defense in October and add a spark plug that can get things going. And a guy that hasn't been here. What I love about the Yankees right now in October, like some of these guys haven't been with this team in the past few years. IKF, Donaldson. Oswaldo Cabrera, they haven't gone through the same struggles of the bats going quiet and the failures. They can't draw back to sitting in, to, sitting in Fenway, uh, feeling what Judge and those guys felt after being eliminated. And I feel like that gives them an edge. And Harrison Bader has been a, a huge edge, hitting three home runs in four postseason games. He's got a slow, hard beat as well. He's a New Yorker. He doesn't care about anything but 
focusing on baseball. He his his post game press conferences are awesome. Some of the things yeah, he says, yeah. he says like the the ball has no emotion. Play the ball. Play like the ball. Like the ball just it's baseball. And he goes out there and he gets it done. We haven't seen the likes of him in center field, I guess, since Brett Gardner. But he he he's he's different than Gardy was too. And then he's got, a little, he's got a little cockiness to him, which plays well. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's not, we like that, we like that. Yeah, but it, it's not quite, we're not used to seeing that a lot out of players. Uh, oh, I, I, I got to add this. So on Twitter, it's cause I've been the thread too. There's this girl who's a popular, like Cleveland sports blogger. And uh, she put out there that Harrison Bader was throwing balls up into the outfield uh, where the fans are in Cleveland, yeah. but he was firing them. She said he was <laughs> launching them to the point where one hit off the scoreboard and uh, it hit a fan in the head. So oh, no. <laughs> she said Harrison Bader was being such a jerk in center field tonight. He started launching the warm-up ball super hard off the big screen. One hit someone in the head, eventually threw one out of the stadium into the parking garage. <laughs> I just laughed at that. I was like, you got to look alive. But could you imagine, like, Harrison Bader facing elimination in warm-ups, just rocketing the ball? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> you better be watching. You better be paying attention out there. We'll be we'll be watching. We'll be paying attention tonight in Yankee Stadium. Harrison Bader was out there locked in and on a mission. It was him against everyone in Ohio. <laughs> That's not bad. And I, I tell you what, I, I guess because it's worked a little bit, they'll probably leave Glaber back up in the leadoff spot. But I, like, I still think the idea of, of game one, what I thought would ha- could have happened in game one, I still like for tonight. Imagine the crowd being the way it's going to be tonight and Aaron Judge stepping into the batter's box to lead off the first inning. Oh, yeah. Doing what Aaron Judge does. We've already got that. So, like, the when Bader hit the home run in the first game, that was all right. So that was to match the Stephen Kwan homer. And yeah. that was to let everyone relax a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. okay, one, one, got it right back. And I loved, I was in center field. He hit the home run and everyone gets turned up. And then they play judges music. It was almost like a movie. It's like, yeah. oh, wait, judges up next after yeah. that. Like it, mm-hmm. it set the scene perfectly. I don't think they'll do that, but man, Vader has been hot right now. Lead him off. They're already shook of him from this series. And if he gets on or gets it going, you got the MVP coming up right after. I, I would like to see it. But like I said, we already did see it with the nine spot and the one spot. But now uh, Glaber's leading off. I don't know if they want to get they want to get crafty tonight. They'll go there. But I think they're going to run the same lineup back. I like the nine hitter tonight, Keith, the first time up. And I'll tell you why, because in a spot, whether it's Savali who's still in there or whoever else is coming in, if somebody else is coming in behind Savali, it means that the Yankees have already scored runs and knocked him out of there, right? So whoever – Savali faces the number nine hitter. You're in Yankee Stadium in an elimination playoff game. You know the top of the order is coming up. Whether a judge is batting first or second, the number nine hitter is getting pitches to hit. You're not toying with him and trying to walk him and lead to something else the top of the order. That's why I really thought the number nine hitter – that's why I like Bader in game one as a number nine hitter, because I thought he'd get pitches to hit in front of judge. Somebody, you know, three, two fastballs, what he got. Okay. You're not pitching the number nine hitter, a three, two fastball. If it's Gleyber Torres, uh, right. Who's only, you know, three, four, 16 in this series, right? You're not going to do it though. Do it. If judge is up, you're going to give Bader a fastball and say, hit it at somebody. Well, he hit it at the person who was sitting in those seats. That's where he hit it. But, I like the number nine hitter tonight, first time through the order, just kind of saying that's going to set a tone for me right there. It would, it would rock the stadium. Like I said, I was in there. I was in the uh, in the center field area, and, and I was. I think I put a video on, like, let's go. It's like you, you hit a home run with Bader, and then you hear Judge's music come up. It's intimidating. It gets the fans into it. I like those two in the outfield together, and I like those two batting. Uh, next to each other in a lineup, it would just be nicer, like you said, to see him lead off and then and judge second. But whatever, we're all in. I think these guys feel it. They they did it. They forced the game five. They get to come back home. They were coming back home anyway, right? You know, yeah. you fly home happy. That flight out was was not a happy flight. The flight back is happy, and they're the better team, man. They just got to go handle business. However, the lineup's configured. Whoever's coming out of the bullpen, uh, one game to get it done, and then advance. 
So uh, I mentioned at the top that this is the only game in town. It's been that way for two nights in a row because all the other series ended. Houston is waiting. The Phillies and Padres start Tuesday night. Um, I'm curious what you think about watching the way these playoffs have played out and watching the juggernauts. Um, I have some thoughts, but the juggernauts go down. You know, the Mets went down in the first round of the Padres, and then the Padres took out the Dodgers. Um, you know, the Astros actually were played pretty tough by Seattle, but they ended up, you know, winning. They basically won a four-game series, that, you know, because they played 18 uh, in game three. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Braves end up losing too. So you've got the Braves, the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Cardinals all combined. I did the math. What was it 406 regular season wins? They combined for three postseason wins and they're all out what do you think good i like it i know people are going to complain about oh the regular season means nothing and yeah it does a regular season got you there got you your seating but that's the whole thing about a tournament a dance this is October madness. I've seen you've been calling it the fall frenzy. Fall like, frenzy. Come on. I want to, I need the patent on that one, man. Come on. I've been calling it that for a decade. I've known for a decade since they added that wild card, uh, the wild card game, they turned it into the tournament. That's what they did. And good. That's what, that's what you want to see. That's what you want people to get into baseball around. You want these fan bases to be energized. Philadelphia is turned up right now. They didn't expect this. They fired their manager in the middle of the season. And look where they've gone and look at look at how people have rallied around them and the Padres. And, you know, the Dodgers are there every year. The Braves are there every year. The Mets thought they were going to be there this year, thought they could just buy their way there. But 100 wins doesn't guarantee you anything. The Yankees came up just short. Good. 99 wins. And there's only uh, one other team, right? The That's a juggernaut. The Astros left. So let's go dance with them. Let's set up that rematch. You know, the NL has the Padres versus Phillies, those are two lower seeds. And uh, when you think about what they did, right, look at the Phillies' payroll. They're supposed to be there. If you look at the Padres' moves in the last five years or so to get the players that they have, they're supposed to be there. That's what they did all of this for, to try to get to the top of the mountain. Um, I I like how, you know, this new tournament is gone. I don't care. The five days off sucks. Yeah, I guess. Uh, It sucks for the Dodgers. sucks for the Braves. If you got cold, the Yankees had to the Yankees were off five days then they had two days off in the middle of the week after winning one game it is what it is you have to overcome it you have to play the game just play the game in front of you yeah play the games and win it is what it is there's no excuses for a new tournament uh for for layoffs whatever go out there if you're that good right go out there and prove it and uh the Yankees have the opportunity to prove it and I feel like baseball needs this I feel like baseball is like okay if it's Guardians Astros Phillies Padres like we're, we're looking at Cleveland, San Diego, Philadelphia, and Houston markets. <laughs> Listen, you've got you you said it right. That San Diego and Philadelphia spent a lot of money, so it's not exactly the small market teams blowing through this playoff spot. But what they did is that they they didn't play like a big market juggernaut because they had injuries and other issues, and they didn't end up in the hundred win category. Right? They're a lot lower than that, and they fall further behind their division rivals who ended up with the hundred wins. But what baseball has kind of created here is. This is how you achieve competitive balance yeah. because it is very clear that it's almost impossible to achieve that over 162. You can't get teams that are this unequal to compete together over 162, but you put them in a short series and you can. So they've gotten this place where if you win 85 to 90 games, you just might have everything line up for you where you can take out the 100 win team this is a this is how you achieve competitive balance and it's harder to win these games and the yankees have been knocked out of the playoffs many times over the last 20 years right it's because it's just harder to do you're seeing this play out with the dodgers the braves and the mets um this is kind of just what happens this is this is what baseball wants it's probably not what a Yankee fan wants because your dynasty can't happen. It's hard to put together. It's hard to win just once, but this is what they're doing. You don't see this in the other sports, Keith, you know, a 14 win NFL team is not losing to a four win team or a five or six win team in a playoffs playoff game. Right. In the NBA, you know, the eight seed is not beating the one seed. I know it happened once you twice years ago. It's not happening. There's the too big of a talent gap. You're not winning that kind of a series. It happens in baseball. Everyone says, make them all a seven game. Why? This is exciting. I don't mind seeing this. 
The parody in baseball is a major selling point, in my opinion, right? I, I've spoken on this a bunch. Uh, in NBA, it's Steph Curry or LeBron in the finals for the last oh, decade. Oh, nobody cares. <laughs> you know, people say, oh, we don't want everybody winning all the same teams winning all the time. Really? Tom Brady, Steph Curry, LeBron. In the NFL, it's Tom Brady in every Super Bowl. It. It's corny, oh. man. And, like, there are 30 teams. You want these fan bases to be energized. You want them to believe. And, and this is the last thing I'll say about it. Bryce Harper is in the NLCS. Yes. Manny Machado is in the NLCS. Juan yes. Soto is in the NLCS. Yes. Mm-hmm. Stars. Stars. The Get guys the you want everyone to see play baseball are in it. Yes. And the defending champs will not repeat. I don't care if the Yankees don't get a chance to have another dynasty. I lived through it already. They won three in a row. I don't think we'll ever see three in a row. I don't know if we'll get back to back again. And that's fine. I think a major selling point in Major League Baseball is, hey, we don't know who's going to win this thing. And that's what draws people in. That's what keeps fan bases energized from the offseason moves. Who's going to sign where going into uh, spring training and then fighting towards the deadline. Who's going to make these moves? It is awesome. Uh, I feel like baseball won with this tournament, and uh, I'm excited to see the Yankees win in advance and get that matchup of Astros-Yankees again, and then we'll see what happens from there. It, it's, uh, it's a good time for Major League Baseball, uh, make baseball cool again, grow the game, all of that. I feel like they have successfully done that this season. You mentioned, I'm going to tie this all together here as we close this out. You ready, Keith? You mentioned Harper and Machado, both in the NLCS. In the 2010 draft, Bryce Harper was chosen first overall. Manny Machado was chosen third overall. Do you know who was chosen right in between them, second overall? In the 2010 draft? I got nothing. Jameson Tyone. Uh-uh. And he has a chance tonight. <laughs> Perfect. The Yankees into the ALCS and join the other three guys. Imagine that the top three guys in the draft would all be in the, in the playoffs 12 years later. Um, Storybook. There you go. So that's what can happen tonight. And um, well, regardless of whether the Yankees win or lose this game five, you or I are coming back in a couple of days and figure out what the uh, what the deal is, breaking it down with the uh, win or the loss and moving forward either into the ALCS or into the offseason that has, oh, I don't know, it's got a couple of important questions. So we can figure all that out, but um, I know you'll be there, I'll be there, and I hope everybody enjoys Game 5 tonight. It's um, It might rain, it might be cold, but bring the heat, right? Yeah, and uh, leave the booze at home. We had enough of that nonsense. And just come ready to cheer on the team and have their backs be locked in on every pitch, man. They got it back to the Bronx. They forced a game five. Now it's time to advance. And only thing that matters is this game tonight. So I'll see you there, Sweeney. Yankees fans, lock in. Wear your Yankees gear all day. Talk the talk and walk the walk. We're still alive, and we got eyes on advancing and going to the American League Championship Series. There's probably a few boos in the pocket for josh naylor i'm just guessing there's gonna be a <laughs> great call we're gonna wear him out there's already conversations about this guy i can't wait to see it he he's definitely gonna hear the boos and a bunch of other things uh coming from the fans in yankee stadium after the show he put on last night there you go and the yankees and guardians are putting on a show tonight it is 707 first pitch Pre-game coverage on WFAM begins at 625, and even before that, because Craig and Evan are broadcasting live from Hard Rock at Yankee Stadium beginning at 2 o'clock today. And we've also got, if you're on our Twitch channel coming up in a couple of minutes, uh, BT and Tiki, Tiki and Tierney are coming up. And, uh, you know, I know it's a football Monday, but they're going to be talking some Yankees baseball as well. So uh, for those of you just joining us here on the pod, make sure you subscribe and review. And it's BXB from Odyssey and anywhere you get your podcasts. He's Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thanks to our producer, Ryan Chichester. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again real soon.